0: Learn more at marines.com. Want to go pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 122 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another, uh, another, Another, wrapping up another weekend, getting ready for the work week. Or you're in the work week, depending on when you're listening to this, but uh, thank you. Welcome to another episode. Uh, yeah, just uh, it's, I'm recording here Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Um, just got back from work a little overtime. Uh, hot 32, that'd be Fahrenheit, uh, 90 for our American listeners, so a little warm, you know. It's not uh, I'm not a heat guy, you know, but at the same time. You know, uh, you know, it doesn't last very long here in Saskatchewan, so enjoy it while we got it because, you know, it'll be fall and snow soon enough, so, um, yeah, so no complaining, but, uh, I will say the truck at work, the air conditioner went, uh, so yeah, between garbage coveralls and, uh, no AC, a little, a little tough, but, uh, stay in school, kids, get an office job, but, uh, get the corner office, it's always got air conditioning. But uh, well, gang, what are we gonna uh, what are we gonna talk about today? I will say, last night I uh, I wrapped up an interview with a cat. Uh, it was it's about two and a half hours. Really great interview. Um, we cover his whole career. I'm not gonna say who it is yet, though. I'm gonna keep you in suspense. Should I give you a hint? I'll give you. It was an OHL guy. Played ten years in the minors. Uh, and war number forty five. I'll leave it at that. But he was a great guest. We cover his whole career. And uh, uh, hey, I'm not going to lie. He throws some shade on some dudes. It's pretty good. And uh, uh, yeah, I think you guys will really enjoy it. But nice, dude. Great guy. Had a And that was a lot of fun. So that will be coming up, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. I, I say that because, as I said on Twitter, it is back. The 5th Annual Bob Probert Invitational Twitter Tournament. For those listening going what is that well i'm going to tell you on twitter for the last five years i have done in the, around this time give or take july august um i do a march madness style 64 guy 60 guy 64 man uh bracket and and we just vote on it and it's a 64 of the tough you know tough dudes and uh and uh, and we and we throw it out there and and uh, and let the people vote. It's a 24-hour process for each round, and uh, each day there's a different round, and we whittle it down until obviously there's one guy left. And uh, way back when, um, obviously I didn't put Probert in because Probert would win. So then what's the fun of that tournament? So I figured, well, fuck it, I'll name it after the guy. So. Um, you know, and every year when I release the brackets, it's there. Why isn't this guy in it? Why isn't that guy in it? No, Troy Crowder. What the fuck? You know, uh, you know. And there's always going to be that shit. There's always that guy. But when we get down to it, it's a fun little exercise to do. And like I said, it's the summer. It's dead time. Nothing's going on in in terms of hockey. And plus, you know, in in the last little while, how many people have been talking about uh, you know whatever uh, Mike Peluso and and uh, and, and guys like that. So, you know, for, for a week or two, we'll, we'll get some old time talk going and, and, uh, and we'll talk about those guys. So it's fun. And, uh, like I said, this is the fifth year I've done it. Um, I will say the first year, um, you know, I, you know, I had been on Twitter for a couple of years and I, you know, I don't know how many followers I had at the time, maybe a couple hundred and, uh, you know, whatever. And, uh, uh, a guy I follow We followed each other, and his name's Taylor. And I'd like to get him on the show. He's going to do some writing, Taylor. If you're listening, get a hold of me. Let's get you on here. But uh, we were talking one night, way back when, and uh, I think we each had a few, we each had some booze in us, and it was really late, and we were uh, can't remember what we were talking about. But one of us, uh, I was I, that day. I had done something jokingly. Where like I'd never done it before, but you could do like voting polls on Twitter. So I was like, "Oh, who'd win, Probert or Godzilla? Ha ha! You know, or whatever." And and after and I had mentioned it to Taylor, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that was the the voting thing was kind of fun." And yeah, you know, a March Madness, and we had talked about March Madness and betting on it and whatever. And I said, "Yeah, you could uh, you should I could do one for a uh, hockey fighters do it on Twitter. That'd be funny." Oh, dude, you got to do that. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that'd be really great, you know, whatever, and then we yapped about it for a couple minutes, and then whatever, off, you know, went to bed, and I didn't put any much, any more, any much thought, any more thought into it, and uh, anyway, wake up in the morning, Walt Taylor certainly had, because all of a sudden, he's got a list of all these guys, and he goes, yeah, here's your list, let's do the, do the tournament, man, that'll be great, and whatever, so I'm like, oh, god damn, all right, well, I guess I'm doing it, but, um... Yeah, you know, so I picked 64 guys. There was no rhyme or reason to who I picked. I mean, um, you know, obviously I wasn't putting fucking Gilbert Perot in it or anything. But, I mean, you know, because I, I think the first year I had some minor... I had Mel in there and Rocky and minor some minor league Morasti and those guys in there. And and, uh, and we voted on it and whatever. And um, actually, I'll bring it up. Who... Uh, I always forget. I Like, I saved all the... Because I, I went on Photoshop and made up the bracket and... Put it out there and uh, and uh, and but I saved them all. Okay, here we are. Where is it? Bob Probert, the first one. Uh, well, yeah, Brian McGratton won the first one. Uh, the second one, Tony Twist won. The third one, Semenko won. And last year's was Bugard. Um So you know how do? You, well, I wouldn't have had Semenko win, and I wouldn't have picked him. But the you know the other guys, eh? You know how do you argue with those results, right? So um, and because it, it really comes down to who you who you get matched up with. Which is my next thing. Because, of course, people are you going to seed them? And, you know, well, no, like, how much time do you think I have, guys? Like, come on, you know? So I said, no. What all I did was I took a sheet of paper, wrote 1, 2, 3, 4, 64, and then wrote names beside them. <coughs> From there, I went on the computer to the random generator site, typed in numbers 1 through 64, and then hit enter. Whatever number it spit out, oh, number 32. Look, oh, Clark Gillies. Hit enter again. Twenty one. Oh, who's that? Reed Low. Oh, well, there we go. That match, first round matchup is Clark Gillies versus Reed Low. That's all that went into it. There was no master plan on my part or whatever. So this year, I decided on Twitter to i i videotaped. I got my phone out and videoed myself doing the fir- very first matchup of the first round, and it turned out to be uh, who is it now? Uh, Fakoda, Mick Fakoda and Nick Fatio. And I showed everybody the process and, and there you go. So that's how it's done. So there's no, cause literally I've had guys like, oh, this is rigged. Like it, wh- why, why? Again, there's always gotta be that guy on social media. Unfortunately, well, anything in life, there's always that guy, it seems. But it's like, I, like I said to the one guy, w- rig what? What would I rig? For? I don't care who wins. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. You know? Like, I'm not knocking, like, Ryan Vandenbush, but if Ryan Vandenbush won, okay, then he wins. Yeah, Well, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. My whole point is just to get people conversing and talking about these guys and getting their names out and stuff like that. Then when the ex-players get involved, that gets fun, and they throw in their two cents and whatever, and it's just a fun little exercise. I mean, you always get some goofs that take it too seriously, and I, you know, I'll, I'll just block them. I don't give a shit. Even if you're a longtime follower, if you're going to be an ignorant asshole, I'll block you. Cuz no one needs that shit. Like fuck off. Like if you type in you think Domi would win and he types in and he thinks Twist would win, okay. You know, I don't think we have to start name calling each other and oh, "you're an idiot," you know, and you know, and you're a moron and everything else. Like if that's your opinion, okay, whatever. I don't agree with it, but that's fine. But like I said, you always get people coming in and you know doing the old, oh, he destroy, he'd wreck him, no chance. And it's just like, oh God. It's like Facebook and all over again. But I'm getting into that later. But as anybody who's listened to this show for a while will know, <coughs> and, it, and it doesn't really help uh, when you're on social media, one of my pet peeves is needless exaggeration. So of course I don't do well on social media. That's why probably why I end up getting irritated with all these people because uh, hyperbole is. I think that's a prerequisite to get onto social media. Um, and it's just wh- why do you feel the need to you just say you think he'd win or you think he's better? Like it's not uh, oh destroyed wrecked killed murdered. Wouldn't no chance. Oh God, stop. But anyway. Here I am getting worked up about it over a Twitter tournament, but no, it's a Twitter tournament. So if you're listening and you're not on Twitter, um, seriously, just sign. Right, takes like 20 seconds to to sign up. Just be fucking anonymous, sixty nine and uh, fourth line voice on Twitter. Just you know, I don't, I don't think you have to follow me to vote. And then just you know, you'll see the thing and hit whoever you think, and there, there's your vote for the day. And just come back and. 24 hours and, and vote on the next round, and, and we'll do it that way. But, um, so I haven't put the bracket out yet. I haven't released it yet. I will do that on Wednesday um, because I am going to have Steve, oh boy, Steve. He's been on a few times from, of course, uh, when Provert was king.com. He's also the guy in charge of the trying to get Drop Your Gloves website back going. He's got to go fund me. I don't even want to yell. I'm not even going to yell at you assholes anymore. I've done it every episode. I'm not going to say. All I know is he's trying to raise. He needs about $10,000 to create the Mecca fight site for all fight fans. Videos, message boards, fight cards, the whole nine yards. It's going to be drop your gloves, but better. And he's trying to recreate it, and we're stuck at about halfway. And we've all given, we've. but I know there's... Thousands of you that haven't given a goddamn nickel, and no one's asking you to give hundreds of dollars. Ten dollars, five dollars—that's all you got to do. Come on, like I, like Alec and I always point out in that Enforcer Appreciation Group. Oh, all, all these supposed huge fight fans—the group's got thirteen thousand members. If every one of you assholes gave a dollar, the site would be back up. Like seriously. And thank you to everyone who has, to, you know. And again, I know I have tons of players that I talk to. Oh, I used to love that site. Yeah, I'd go on it all the time. To- yeah, yet yeah, I don't see your name on the donation list. You know, Curtis Gabriel's name's on there. Josh Mazur's name. Ken Stanafort's name's on there. You know, where where where's everyone else? There might be more. I haven't looked lately, but at the time, not a lot. You know, come on. Here I said I wasn't going to go on about it, and I'm going on about it. But no, I know he's uh, he's stuck at uh, about the halfway point. So I'd really, hopefully, guys, I'd really like to energize this and get a kick in the ass, and let's get going with it, and and you know let's finish it up. We're halfway there. But um, anyway, I'm going to have Steve on, and we're gonna we're gonna break down all the first round matchups, like they always have, like the March Madness. Bracket preview show. Well, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have the Bob Probert bracket preview show on Wednesday, and that'll always be fun. And Steve's so knowledgeable with all the guys, and we'll break it down and give our feelings and and talk about each of the guys. and And I really hope you guys tune in because I think it'll be a lot of fun and uh, some old a lot of old school names and uh, you know, um, yeah. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, Brady Tachuk ain't on it. All right, I think that, well, I think uh, Reeves. Is what the only is the only active player that's on on the list. I'll I'll tell you that right now. So, um, I thought about putting Tom Wilson, but then it was like, there's no point because everyone's just going to vote against him anyway because they hate him. So it's like who? So it's kind of like a freebie for whoever gets him. So it's like, nah, I won't do that because that's just that's just a waste of a spot. So you know, and there's a million guys you can put in there. So why bother? But I did think you know, and you can say whatever you want about Ryan Reeves. I get it, but. You know, in my mind, anyway. Um, it, oh, I could have put Lucic in. I didn't do that. I actually completely forgot about him. Um, but because uh, I think I think Lucic is the only one that can give Reeves a really good fight. Um, actually, I think Lucic could take him. But oh, I wish they'd fight those two. That'd be a good one. Um, what was I saying? Reeves. Yeah, I mean, I know Reeves catches a lot of shit. There's a lot of people that don't like him. You know, whatever, but... I I don't know why it's his fault that the league's pussy. You know, I'm. You know, that's. Some people seem to blame him for it. I don't know why. You know, it's not it. It's not his fault. Everyone else is candy ass. So, you know, I don't hold it against them. But um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So Steve and I are going to break that down. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So that'll be Wednesday's episode. And then um, yeah. And I actually have. I'm, I'm trying to record a bunch of episodes. Uh, and get them in the can, so to speak. Some people will say they should belong in the can. But uh, try to get them recorded, um, because I'm hopefully taking holidays here, going to the lake for a week or so uh, at the end of July, here, early August. And uh, once again, look at this. Man of the people, I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. Despite me, I'll be out, my fat ass will be out on the deck drinking some beers and casting a fishing line in the calm waters. And I ain't going to give a flying fuck about nobody. I'm not, I can I can put my phone down. I don't need my phone in my hand 24-7. That will be left at the cabin. I'm going to be out either on the boat or on the sh- out in the hanging. If it's this hot, I'll be floating my fat ass. I'll be floating in the water. I'll be doing something. You know what I won't be doing? Docking to you motherfuckers. So, yes. But, I will not leave you hanging. Like a, like a good teammate. I, I got your back here. I will give you... I will pre-record some audio enjoyment for you. And you can, even when I'm not here, I will be here. <laughs> and you can do, and I'll send them, I'll pre-send them to Isha, the boys of the network, and they can put them, they can upload them as they see fit. So, see, that's the kind of guy I am. You know, you tune it, voice of the people. <laughs> uh, what am I saying here? Well, like I said, it's episode 122. Um, I, I definitely encourage anybody listening to go back and check out the back catalog. Talk to some great guys over the years. Um, Marasty, McIntyre, Clark Wilm, Roman Volpat, on and on. Joey Tedarenko. Um, so check out that. Every Wednesday is interview day, every Sunday is rant episode, Sunday Shit Show, as coined by Joe Lazito. Um, yeah. So, uh definitely check it out. My last episode. Lately I've been kind of I've uh, been when I can't when I don't get new guests, I kind of if I get a guy that's been on the show before, I've been kind of doing this series. I really enjoy doing it. It's kind of like a 20-30 minute in and out kind of deal. Um and I call it your five toughest opponents series. And the last episode of course was with Chris Waltz, tough dude, uh played in the Western League, played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, then went on to play pro in the West in the infamous Western Pro League. And, uh, East Coast and U-Haul and tough dude, ton of fights. And, uh, it was fun and a great guest. If you, I highly encourage you to go back and check out his full length interview. Um, uh, of course he had Babcock as a coach in Spokane. So he tells some stories there and, uh, yeah, goes through the whole deal and had a hell of a career and uh, he was fun to talk to, but I've had him do it. Um, Joey Tedarenko, Chris Graff, Josh Mazer, um, Riley Emerson, Sean McMorrow, yeah, it's been a fun little series, like I said, a lot of the times, I mean, I would have brought those names up to those guys to begin with in their first interviews, and we have a little talk, but, uh, you know, the second time around, you know, you might hear some same stuff, but you'll get some different stories too, and, uh, you know, and I I always just enjoy having the guys back on and talking to them anyway, so, uh, yeah, so Chris Waltz was episode 121, and, uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. If you happen to be on social media... You crazy bastards! Um, check me out on Twitter. Like I said, well, get anyway. As I said, for the Bob Probert thing, at the at the very least. But uh, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as fourth line voice on Facebook, and it, fourth line voice on Facebook, It's F O U R. You know, like it's printed out. I couldn't use the numbers, so yeah, check me out there. Um, I, I, yeah, it's the same thing as Twitter. I'm just I'm putting up pictures and fight clips and you know, in general blah. I don't like really. On Facebook, I don't really post much, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, verbally, just like, oh, you know, went to Walmart today, and boy, what, is it hot out? You know, like, I'm not, I don't just randomly put, like on Twitter, I'll, I'll do more of that on Twitter, not like went to Walmart, but, uh, but just whatever, general musings. Um, but Facebook has sort of just, I just put up fight pictures and, and videos. Um, and as well as, I mean, a few of the, of the online groups, the, like I said, Alec of Five for Fighting, he started up the, uh, Enforcer Appreciation page, um, you know, and that, you know, get in there, and, you know, like to banty about some of the discussions of the day, and, uh, you know, some of them's fun, some of them are eye-rolling, but nonetheless, people are talking about fights, so what the hell, um, hockey hits, fights, and brawls, and, And those type of those type of groups, you know how Facebook groups go. There's always a few Yahoos in there that need to be kicked out. It's funny. I'm an administrator in a few of the groups, and I have no problem booting people out. So, yes, I rule with an iron fist. (laughs) But uh, also YouTube, 2,500 videos on YouTube. Fourth Line Voice YouTube. Uh, Subscribe to the channel. Hit the little notification. I try to add fights weekly. Um, like I said, we're in the process of selling our condo and moving. So like we had to, obviously we're cleaning it up to show it. So we we're down to sort of the bare minimum in the condo. So all my fight DVDs are packed away in my parents' basement. So I don't have a lot here to upload stuff, but I have some stuff and I'm trying to upload as much as I can. Um, again, 2,500 videos, uh, from junior to pro. Um, they're all sorted, whatever league you're looking for. Uh, thought my wife came home, sorry about that, uh, type in whatever league you're looking for, boom, it'll come up, so, check me out, I would definitely appreciate it, and whatever platform you're listening to this, guys, um, could you rate and review my show, I I have so many demands here, could you rate and review my show, you're on, you know, like I said, you're on Apple or Spotify or whatever you happen to be listening to it on, um, I'd appreciate, it. it helps me out in this, in the when people do searches or you like this show, you might like, and then like mine will be there, but that's all based on like ratings and, and, and votes and stuff. So, yeah. So, and then of course that exposes me to other uh, newer, new listeners. So, um, which is, you know, obviously growing the show and the whole point of the exercise. So I would, I would uh, highly, uh, I wouldn't recommend, well, I'd recommend doing it, but I'd appreciate it if you did it. Um, Also, more, more, what more does he want from us? Could you download my episode? Seriously, it's, I know people stream it and whatever, and okay, that's, I'm happy you're just listening to it, really, but honestly, if you could just download it, that's how I get paid, I get paid by the download, but it's also a way to basically see how you're doing, and like, who's listening, and what worked, and it's kind of like, what didn't, who, you know, demographics, where, Who's listening to what, that type of thing? But you, from streaming, you can't get that. So I need you to download it for the analytic numbers, you know. So if you're li- you're streaming right now, could you hit stop and just download it? I'd really appreciate it. Help will Darren out, you know. But um, enough. I will. I will stop asking you favors. And let's get into the stories. <coughs> what are we going to talk about today? Well. Well, I guess first and foremost, I mean, I guess you got to celebrate, congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Yeah, I, I I don't give a shit, but whatever, they won. Um, Pat Maru was it three in a row for him? That's pretty cool. Um, You know, I know there's a lot of talk online that oh they cheated. I'm not sure what that means. Like. Well, they're $18 million over the salary cap, so that's cheating. And it's like, well, they found a way to circumvent the rules. So did they cheat? Well, not really, because it's not against the rules. What they did isn't against the rules. So that's not cheating. Yeah, but it's the integrity. But, you know, you'll get that argument. Well, you know, okay. But at the end of the day, is it at the end of the day? Simple question. Is what Tampa Bay did against the rules? No. Well, so there you go. End of discussion. So you can sit and you can yell and cry and cheat and yell that they're cheating and everything else. Again, cheating would imply they broke the rules. They didn't break the rules. Now, they found a loophole. That's still not cheating. So, eh. Such as it is. You know, you still got to put it in. You still got to stop it. And they did it better than Montreal did. And uh, yeah, Montreal had a heck of a run, you know, and uh, to come back against Toronto like that and, and to eliminate those teams, I mean, Carey Price got super hot and carried them. And, uh, you know, hey, no shame, you know. And, uh, yeah, like I said, a heck of a run by all the teams and, uh, you know, another season done. Um, you know, and I guess the other the other story coming out of it, of course, is Kucherov's famous press conference there where he's just a drunk buffoon and yelling and people call it classless and everything else. It's like, well, you go and haul a drunk guy out of the locker room after winning a Stanley Cup and stick microphones in his face. I mean, I don't know what answers do you think you're going to get, but um, the the only thing, I didn't have a, I don't give a shit. I mean, I, it goes back to me saying, what, it was the last episode or the episode before. The fuck do I need to do press conferences for anyway? Who's listening to this shit? You know, I'm like, I don't know. But, um, like Sitting there listening to Kucherov's press conference, did you get anything out of it? Like, or not his, maybe, but someone else's. Like, did you get anything out of that? Did you care? Like, who gives a shit? But whatever, he got on there and blah blah blah. Whatever. The only the only thing that I said was, um, like, you're not drinking on the ice when you're going around with the cup. So you're in the locker room drinking, cracking, whatever, and woohoo with the cup and pitchers and yelling and screaming. And then you go do this press conference. How much time was between that? I don't know, like what? 20 minutes, half an hour? Maybe? I don't know. But you're you're fucking hammered in in 20 minutes, half an hour? Like holy fucking lightweights. Like what do you drink a few Zemas and some, you know, some Berry Blast off Ice, uh, wine coolers and 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 you're and you're drilled? Like oh, God, these guys are soft. You, can't, you guys can guys Christ, they can't even drink anymore. Like I said, what, what did they have? What were they drinking out of the cup? I can guarantee these candy asses probably fucking, no, oh, Bud Light Seltzer, you know, maybe a Mike's Hard Lemonade Fuzzy Navel, you know, you know, Fuzzy Peach, you know, oh, God, Amazing Apricot uh, Smirnoff or something or Bartles and James. I don't know, what would it, you know, as long as, wow. So, I don't know, but whatever, Tampa Bay wins it. You know, first time that White Claw has been drank out of the Stanley Cup, I'm sure. I don't know, waiting for the other nut to drop. But, there we go, Tampa wins the Cup, another season over. Pat Maroon winning three in a row is kind of funny. Um, as I was mentioning earlier about uh, what I actually, what I want to do, I know the NHL entry draft is coming up. Like I said, I, oh, I can't wait for all the podcasts that are going to, three guys will sit around and talk about players and their strengths and weaknesses of guys they've never watched play. Uh, can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie dangle with his his analysis and let's get Scotty wheeler in there too and yeah he can break down the skating stride of the of the left winger and Swift current you know never watched him play but you know but we're gonna no, I, I went on internet TV and, and watched a, a period and a half of a Swift current left bridge game once and you know and I wanted to scout him everyone's a scout now yeah just because you own the center ice pack doesn't make you a scout but uh yeah. So we got you're going to have a whole dra- a whole load of draft preview shows, you know, and you can oh, this is what we need. Yeah. We really need a left-handed defenseman that can uh, can carry the puck and uh you know, a good first pass and um yeah. I I, I want to know his uh you know, he, he has a he, he's he, he excels at uh Skating through the neutral zone in the eastern time zone on Tuesdays. Excellent shot suppression. Gap control. Love these guys. They use all these terms. I guarantee they don't know fuck all what they mean. But, oh, they can throw throw the cliches around for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so look forward to that. Your draft previews. I'm just telling you, outside of, like, actual scouts, that get paid by teams to go do this. These guys don't know fuck all. All right, just keep that in mind when you're listening to these idiots. Or they watched them once at the, you know, at the World Junior tryouts. You know, like, oh yeah. But so, but I'm going to lay it on you. I'm going to do a draft show right now at the end here. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to look back at the uh, at the entry drafts. Over the years, and we're, we'll study the first rounds. We won't go through every round. We'll just the first because I think I've done this before, but I think I kind of just went over every round. But we'll look at the first rounds of the draft from like the '80s and maybe the '90s, and we'll see who the toughness was and who was picked, and uh, and and we'll and we'll break that down later in the show. But um, in the well, I should probably oh I forget I how many have, I've done this in a few episodes now. I completely forgot my sponsors and everything else, and. And, and my shout-outs and stuff. So I'll do that now. Um, of course, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. So whatever team, whatever, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And, of course, right now they're, uh, you know, with the season over, I mean, some of the shows are probably done because uh, they go in seasons, uh, which I think I should have thought of that. But uh, other shows will go year-round, and, of course, they're going to get ready and do a um, you know, what their team is free agents and what they're maybe what they think their team needs and, and who they drafted or who they want to draft or blah, 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 whatever. So that'll all be going on on the network. Uh, so follow your favorite team to see what's going on there. Myself, Terry Ryan, uh, the, the the network has done a bunch of stuff like with mental health and, and, and all that. They're kind of branching out in different areas of the hockey of, of that to cover all of the hockey world. And, um, I fall into, I don't know what I fall into. I just, you, some people might say you stepped in it when you listen to this. I don't really know. I, I guess I fall into the bitter old guy, fight department guy. I'm fight guy. <laughs> I guess. You know, that, that'd that be my show. I'm not really sure what this is. But, uh, yeah. But for my off network friends, of course, we have. Dan, Paul, and Kelly at the Obey the Puck Show, Fred and David the Slewfoot Show, a couple a couple more current shows. They cover the NHL, the minors, women's hockey, amateur hockey. Um, you know whatever whatever is topical of the day, they will discover or discover. They will discuss, and um, yeah, so definitely check them out. They're good people, and like I say, I listen to them, so I don't have to watch, but I stay informed, and I know what, I'm I'm hip to the scene after I listen to the to those shows, and of course. Jolt and Joel Lazito, give me the Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. He's an Islander enforcer-based podcast, um, and he's had Mick Facoda on, Dean Ewan, Strudwick, Bolton, Asham. Check out his back catalog; you'll see. And um, any all things Islanders. Um, yeah, um, he just wrapped up. Uh, I, I I had a birthday during Joe's last episode. That's how long it was. Let while I, I think Joe's probably still sleeping after all the research he put in. Uh, what is it, like three hours, that episode? You're killing me, Lizito. Come on. Three hours? But no, it was very thorough, and it was about time. It was Joe Lazito's top ten Islander enforcers. It was a very good list. I agreed with Joe's list. I really wanted to take the piss out of it, but I can't, because I agree with them. Um, so I, I probably would have switched one and two. But I get it. Actually, I might have had three at number one, now that I think about it. But I'm not going to give you their names. You go listen to it. I'm not going to spoil it. But, uh, no, it was a great list. And, um, no, Joe always does a great job, and he's thorough. And Joe's been around the game for a long time. Um, he was uh, he was uh, helped out on the Stan Fischler Bad Boys books. Uh, for my older listeners, you know what those are. Remember the old Hockey Stars magazine? They used to come out with the Tough Guys issue every year. Joe was a big contributor to that. Did the rankings, picked out a lot of the pitchers, etc. So yeah, and those are what the '90s. So uh, yeah, Joe Joe's Joe knows his stuff, and uh, and like I said, it's yeah, the episodes are long, but they're thorough, and he, he turns over every stone. And uh, you know, if you if you're tuning in, and uh, you know. My, this is my personal feel, and I, I'm not sure why others wouldn't feel this way. I'm sure a lot of people do, but I, anyway, if I'm going to listen to something, I whoever's talking to me, I want them to at least know what the fuck is going on. I'm not saying you have to know every intimate detail of everything, but son of a bitch, I've listened to, as I say, as time is, I I don't know, I, I've, every once in a while, I su- my patience, I surprise myself. But it's probably more just the fact that I'm at work and I'm trying to kill time. But I will listen to other podcasts. I'm not going to name names, but I, I do listen to a, a variety of hockey podcasts because so I'd like to see what other people are doing. Uh, you know, maybe steal an idea or two, um, and just see what's out there. I don't, I don't want to say it's competition because it's not competition. Not to say I'm not. A- My point is like a, a Washington Capitals or a, a mental health show or a San Jose Sharks podcast. To me, is a competition to me because it's completely two different things. So we really don't have the same audience. Like I think myself and Joe Lazito would have the same audience, give or take. I know we have a lot of crossover. Or five for that mud show fight. Well, I don't even want whoever's listening to five for fighting. I don't think I want them listening to my show. I think I want those types of people listening. But you know what I'm saying. We probably have some crossover. Same with the biscuit, that type of thing, where it's a a, a fight themed show. Yes, you're going to have crossover, obviously, because how many? What there's three of us, so yeah. Out of this entire podcasting world, there's like three of us, outside of like you know McMorrow and John Scott and like tough guys that have their own show. But you know what I'm saying? Um, well, they might be a tough guy with their own show, but they're not just interviewing tough guys. I mean, McMorrow's had a lot of tough guys on, but he's also had like a coach on and that that um, your name escaped me, but the female goalie there. That was in the OHL and stuff So I mean he's had outside of the enforcer realm So to speak On a show Whereas I'm strictly we're, we're just meatballs over here We're just yelling about fighting And that's what it is So like I said I know I don't have a lot of younger listeners Because I'm sure my my show gives them uh, nightmare, Nightmares oh, Although as one guy said on the UK forum To John Searson I tried listening to his show But it's a little intense Yeah so <laughs> I guess I'm a little intense But um yeah, and I mean I get it. If you're not if you're if you're not really a fight fan or you're on the fence, yeah, I could see my show or Joe's being a little much, right? Because they're like, how the hell can you talk about fighting for that long? Hey, that's a reasonable statement. At the same time, I can make the statement, how the fuck can you sit and talk about your team's power play for as long as you do, you know? So uh, tit for tat, right? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Whatever you're into is what you're going to listen to, right? So there we go. Um, anyway, my point being, anyway, my point is, if I'm going to, if you're going to do a show or do something, know what the fuck you're talking about. And I mean, and I've listened to shows and I've listened to guys that have interviewed players. To me, there's nothing more disrespectful than you ask someone to take time out of their life to sit down and talk to you for an hour or two and their first question. So where did you play junior? You know, like seriously, it's called hockey DB. It's not hard. It's Google. You can find anything you want to know about Google. And it's like and that at the same time if you if oh well, I'm having to, I don't really know this guy. So we're going to have him on to talk. If you don't know what the fuck would you have him on your show for? Like if you don't know them and you have no uh, so if you don't know you clearly have no interest. <laughs> so then what the fuck would you interview him for? Like I don't understand. Like I don't know that's like me I'm I'm, going to invite fucking I don't know uh, some guy for the Winnipeg Jets on my team okay great I I couldn't pick this guy out of a police lineup but I'm going to have him on my show why I don't know what to say to him like I mean I could fiddle fumble fuck my way through it but I mean there's no passion in it you don't care about it so who gives a shit yeah, so some of these... Guys, they have these people on their show and, and it's like... It's so obvious. They, they have no clue who they are, what they've done, what they've accomplished. Or care. So what's the point? And then at the same time, why am I listening to you? Why am I listening to this shit? I don't know. It's like have some fucking professionalism. I mean, I know I'm not a professional. But you know what I'm saying. Like have some pride in what you're doing. Like if you're going to invest this... Like there's a lot of time that goes into doing this stuff. Well, if you're going to put in the time... Fucking do it right. Or attempt to do it. I'm not saying I'm doing it right, but I'm fucking attempting to. And I'd like to say, if anybody ever tunes into any of my shows, they might be, oh, he's got an annoying voice, or he says this too much, or he's kind of a, sounds like a bit of a jerk-off. But I don't think they can say, I don't know what I'm talking, like, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, I've studied, I've researched, so I have a clue. You might not agree with what I'm saying. And at the very least, we don't know. Sound convincing, anyway. But yeah, it's just like it's like this whole Stephen A. Smith shit, or like the guy, the little dork TikTok guy that the NHL hired there the other day that I was making fun of. And I saw some some other TikTok chick idiot that has all these. The, Would the UFC hired her or something? To I don't know what for what I don't know. But it's oh, look. It's the fucking hot blonde chick. Okay. Doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about, but we'll get her to hold the microphone and stand here and blabble like an idiot. But you look good doing it, I guess, so, eh, you know, whatever. But it's like that shit just annoys me, you know, like, and then she's on there, I only took three months of broadcasting, look at me, you know, and it's just like, oh. And I mean, I get why these networks do it, because, yeah, they have three million dorks that listen to them on TikTok or watch their stupid lip-syncing TikTok videos. Like I can't think of any. Oh, God, is a society, we're moronic. God, we're morons. Like just, ugh. You just scroll social. You just scroll social media and and you, like our society is just. We're fucked. Like just. What? Like, put your phone down and go outside. God, talk to someone in person. As I'm doing a podcast, the irony's not lost on me. This is pretend radio, like, yeah, I, I, I do it for two hours a week. You know, other than that, I can converse with you in real life. I'm not. I don't have my face stuck to my phone. Like, oh, they're famous. Oh, like somebody was. No, she's famous, brah. Well, One that. You're you're taxing the very definition definition of the word famous. Famous would mean I would know who she is. People would know her. I can tell you if I I don't even know can't remember who her name is now. On I don't even know Angela Ray I whatever. I can guarantee if I went up to every guy I work with and said her name, I would be met with a blank stare. So that's not famous. Just saying. So, this idea of YouTube influencer, create... Well, creating is a different thing. Influencer or TikTok star. It's just... Whatever. But, hey, like, I mean, good for them. I mean, hey, if I was some hot dude with abs and shit, yeah, maybe I'd do some... I could get some TikTok videos, maybe, and, you know, but I don't think anybody wants to see, uh, you know, fat guy in little shorts, you know, so... I don't think my TikTok videos would be real successful. But, hey, if you're you're a hot chick or or fucking buff dude, well then, hey, whatever. You know, the world's filled with morons that'll watch you, apparently. So, whatever, good for you. But nonetheless, do I have to see these people at my sporting events and pretending to talk about shit they don't know it, they know something about? You know? No. Keep them off my TV. Stay in your TikTok world and we'll be fine. You go over there, I'll go over here. We can coexist. But when you start coming into shit that I'm trying to watch, now you've irritated me. Get lost. But but I don't blame her. I blame who hired her. Just like the NHL hiring that little geek. Like, ugh. Or, oh, we got Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, so I get... that. Get that hockey! You know, I get that fucking moron. Thank God I stopped watching this shit. God. I'm telling you, on social media, even guys... That follow me on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever. I don't. I've had one guy the other day. It was funny. He brought, oh, didn't you didn't you see my posts? I'm like, no, I don't really scroll. And he's just like, why? It's too much, man. Like every time I, for uh, whatever reason, I don't listen to myself, and I start scrolling, and I start reading my Facebook news feed, like of the people I follow or my Twitter. I I just get mad at some of these people. And it's like, I'll sit, I like talking hockey with you guys and all that, it's fun. But your fucking world views, you're fucking insane and embarrassing. And I'm not even going to get to the politics or the anti-vax shit. I'm not going to get into that. But it's like, I can't read, I don't want to read it. I'm not reading it. So I'm not scrolling. Because I don't want to just get, I don't want to get irritated with you. So I don't scroll. So if you ever wonder why I don't respond to your posts or whatever, that's why. This guy was asking why I don't, or whatever. But, that's why. I try not to... I'll answer my notifications, and I post shit. And I get in and out. Because I don't want to get mad. Because social media can... It will drive me up the wall in 30 seconds. And a lot of times, I don't follow my own advice. And I scroll. And that's how we end up with episodes like this. Because I'll start yelling about shit. And I don't want to do that right now. So... And I've seen a few... And, and I've honestly, I've, I've said on this before, I'm not going to name names because why I'm not going to do that. And I still follow them. And like I said, when it comes to hockey, I enjoy talking to them. I respect their careers that they had and what they did and that, um, but I have no respect for their opinions on everything other than hockey, apparently. Uh, yeah. And I've had guys that I've wanted to have on my show. I was going to get them on my show. And I went and read their timeline, and I'm like, well, no, that ain't happening. Because I'm not having him on my... I don't... It's not, oh, he voted for someone different than I... No, has nothing to do with that. That's not... I'm not that childish or vindictive. I don't care about that. Or they identify as a Republican, or they identify as a Democrat. And I don't give a shit about that. That's not what I'm talking about. You can... Well, that's the other thing. Why why do people identify with who they voted for? What does that fucking even mean? That's where we are right now, like... You know, and I always say the ones that love to yell, scream about common sense usually have none. You know that type of thing. But it's just like you can have your opinion, I'll have mine. That's fine. But when you start getting out in the wheat, on both left and right, it's like the you, the stupidity tries to outdo each other. It's like stop, and you know, come on the middle and with the, with the sane folk, yeah. So I'm not going to get into politics or my stance on the health and safety and all that shit. Because no one tuned in to hear about that shit. All I'm going to say is listen to the experts. And I'm tired of hearing. I'm going to do my own research. Scrolling social media and reading the comment section isn't doing research. Okay? Listening to a professional is the way to go. I'll leave it at that. You can argue all you want, but if that would be the common sense thing, would it not? You love to yell about common sense. What's a common sense thing? I don't know something, so I'm going to go to an expert in the field and ask them, is that not what we always used to do? Until lately. And then everybody gets stupid. They start reading the comment section and they get their information from memes. Stop. Uncle Jeb's Facebook page isn't uh, where you do your research. God. There. I just I, I just said I wasn't going to do it, and now I'm doing it. But it's just that shit just drives me nuts. This is why I don't scroll. It's just, it, it just infuriates me. And most people, I would think. I don't know. Like I said, it's just, some of you are too much. So if I don't reply to your posts, well, and then there's some people that just, you know, they're whatever, and I just don't reply, because as I said, I'm not... I, I, maybe it's selfish on my part, and I guess it is, maybe. But... It's not a personal dig at you, but I just, I'm not reading for that very reason because I just don't want to get mad at people and, and kill my, like I already know social media is a cesspool, but I, I, I need it for this show to advertise the show or what I'm doing and spread the word. And that's my vehicle to do that. Right. So at the same time, I don't want to get so disgusted with it, but yet still have to use it. Right. So I'm trying to stay positive and. And those that bother me, I sort of just mute or whatever. And we can coexist in the hockey world. And if they send me a notification, and we're going to talk about this fight video or what I think of that guy or what I, you know, whatever. We can have that discourse. But, uh, yes, I don't want to hear their their thoughts on the latest, uh, you know, whatever, mask or anti-mask rule or what have you. I don't care. Okay? To answer your question... You know, I know, to make a long story longer, you know, I know, I know, you ask me what time it is I tell you how to build a watch, but, such as it is, but anyway, let's get into this draft talk, shall we, the NHL draft, I know it started like in 63, was the first draft, but I'm like, we're not going to go back that far, but, uh because yeah, 1980 is so much better, but we'll start in 1980, and like I said, I think, let's just scroll through here, and, uh you know, um, I'm not doing. A, I'm not going to give you a list. Well, it's kind of a list, but I'm, I, I'm not going to do a list this week. But let's just have a look at some of the some toughness that was taken in the first rounds in the draft over the years. We might be surprised at some of the names that come up. I didn't. Re, I like. I mean, I know some guys that went in the first round, but I didn't research this. I'm clicking on HockeyDB right now and going to the draft. So let's have a look at 1980. We'll scroll through. Oh, you had Brent Sutter. You know it's funny when you look at the when the, taken seventeenth by the Islanders. When you look at the Sutters, man, like, jeez, you just look at their their like WHL numbers and stuff with Red Deer and Lethbridge and stuff, just insane. Like Brent Sutter, yeah, you know, sixty eight game with the Lethbridge Broncos, sixty eight games, fifty four goals, fifty four assists. 116 minutes. The next, then he went to the, he played in the Islanders for three games that year and then back to junior in 81, 82. Listen to it. 34 games played. 46 goals, 34 assists, 162 minutes, and 34 games. It's like, are you shitting me? Could you imagine if a dude threw up those numbers today? If have the hockey was beating down his door. And, oh my God. 21st overall, because of course there was, you know, the 21 teams or whatever. I guess there's more teams than that, maybe, but. Was there? Twenty one teams back then? Yeah, I guess, nineteen eighty. But uh yeah, Philadelphia, Mike Struthers, um, big defenseman. He played he played only thirty games in the NHL, but um he was an OHL guy and like I, you know, I like I said, this is the you know, in the in the eighties. Um but uh yeah, for, played forever at the Hershey Bears and big big defenseman, tough dude, man. You watch, I watched some of that old Hershey footage, man. That uh he he got into some wars for sure. But uh, eighty-one, uh, that was, Philadelphia took Steve Smith. Uh, oh, that's not that. Pardon me. That's not the Steve Smith at the Oilers. Uh, oh, there we go. No one really taken, and no toughness in that in that year. Eighty-two, uh, yeah, number one, Gordy Kluzak. Um, yeah, big defenseman drafted by the Bruins first overall um, was just. Unfortunately, missed like two full years and he just had lots of injuries. So we never really saw what he could do, but, um, you know, big dude and it's too bad, but, uh, uh, yeah. You go back and watch, you know, I had some couple good fights with Dave Brown and stuff, and, yeah, unfortunately, we never saw, never saw a healthy Kluzak. Um, well, number three, Toronto took Gary Nyland, you know, he, a big, uh, defenseman out of Portland. Um, yeah. Solid NHL career, six hundred games. You know, tough guy. I mean, uh, you know, no one was going to say he was a big, you know, league champ or anything. But yeah, tough, tough D man, Scott Stevens, uh, taken fifth. Um, Well, there you go. Another another Sutter, Michelle Petit. There is a guy. Actually, you guys, uh, Michelle Petit uh, again played forever. You know, eight hundred games. came out of the Quebec League, defenseman. Uh, Wasn't, you know, not the biggest guy, six feet, whatever, but, you know, um, honestly, go back and watch, I was watching, it it was an 80s assorted DVD, and, I mean, I knew who Petit was and seen some of his fights, but um, he was on there a bunch of times, and it was like, you know, son of a bitch, this guy looks pretty good. And uh, definitely, check out his fight with Bob Probert. It's really good. Um, Yeah, really good. Uh, Jim Kite, you know, everybody knows Jim. I mean, you know, what I mean, everybody coaster, you know, Goodnight Jim Kite and all that stuff, and people make fun of him and whatever. But in the in those early eighty years, with the early eighties with the Jets, Kite was a scary dude. And I mean, he was stuck in Winnipeg, so you know, and we're talking 83, eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. You know, it wasn't like the the big people saw all these Winnipeg Jets games. He was sort of like forgotten about out there. But yeah, he gave it to Brown a couple times, and uh, yeah, Kite was a tough dude. Uh, but fought wide open, and yeah, with, when you're doing that, you're gonna get caught, right? But, uh, yeah, tough, tough guy. Uh, 18, New Jersey, Ken Danico. Unbelievable that he played all those years, like, yeah, 1,200 games, new one team. Like, is that ever gonna happen again? But yeah, played in Spokane, Seattle, in the Western League, and, uh, yeah, a couple years in that with the Maine Mariners in the American League, and then, boom, New Jersey, uh, you know, 85, 86, and then no turning back, you know, and, Solid foot soldier, right? Did it a long time. and Yeah, tough dude. Uh, 1983. Yeah, well, Vancouver, ninth, Oak Cam Neely. Not that he's an enforcer, but I mean, certainly a power forward and probably one of my favorite, you know, eh, give or take, probably one of my favorite players for sure. But, yeah, great career, um, unfortunately, with the injuries and old Alfie there. But, uh, yeah, Hall of Famer, one of my favorite players. Uh, the Islanders' sixteenth took Gerald didick again, another tough D man out of the out of the out of the Western League. Underrated tough guy, just one of those like he was never like the number one enforcer on the team, but just a solid, um, you know, one of those grit sandpaper D men, you know. And uh, you know, if you wanted to play fuck around, he he, he could do you up. And uh, yeah, I was always a fan of Gerald didick. Uh Edmonton, 19th, Jeff Bookeboom again, another big dude, six five, like real big. Um, out of the Sioux, yeah, did it a long time with the Oilers and with the Rangers. Um, you know, had the unfortunate, uh, you know, Matt Johnson sucker punching him from the back of the head and putting him out, and um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, honestly, um, yeah, just a tough dude. I was never a big bookaboom guy growing up. I never really liked him, but again, you know, as time right, we get a little wiser, and you know, I, I certainly appreciate him now. Um, but yeah. But the interesting thing in 83 is, of course, uh, in the third round, the Detroit Red Wings, 46th overall, uh, take a Bob Probert. But uh, you could definitely see what was on Detroit's mind that year. So 46th is Probert, uh, and then 88th Detroit takes Joey Koser from the Saskatoon Blades, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but how's this for a stat line? 83-84, Joe Koser with the Saskatoon Blades, 69 games. 40 goals, 41 assists, 258 minutes of penalties. Yeah, Joey was uh Joey a lot of shit was going on when Joey was around. But I think uh, what some people don't so you take Probert and Koser in 80 in 83. You know who else they took in 83 the Detroit Red Wings did? 186th overall in the 10th round, Stu Grimson. So, yeah, Detroit was making a statement. How's that one? Yeah, we're going to take Probert, Coaster and Grimson this draft. Like Jesus. All right. Um, but, of course, Stu did not sign with them, and in fact, he went to the University of Manitoba for a couple years and played college university hockey, after he had played with the Pats. Um, I've always wanted to talk to Stu, uh, in the one year, in his first year with Manitoba, he played 12 games, he had 11 points, but he had 113 minutes of penalties. I want to ask him, how you get 113 minutes in 12 games in university hockey? Like, even back then, there was no fighting. So... He played 29 the following year, and then uh, Calgary took him in the seventh round. Who else did Detroit take that year? Did they take any other toughness, no, but yeah, Probert, Koser, and Grimson in the 83 draft. Yeah, Detroit was loading up 84, first, of course, Marilyn Lemieux first overall. Uh, yeah, I always just barrel what do you look at his stats or like freaking PlayStation numbers as junior stats? Yeah, because finally you're in Laval and junior 70 games. 133 goals, 149 assists, 282 points, 97 minutes of penalties. Oh, and then we'll play 14 playoff games, pick up a cool 52 points. Man, that's something. Unbelievable. 200, (laughs) seriously? 282, uh, 282 points. Man. Ah, okay, tough guys. Well, Calgary, or, well first, they're, they're Montreal. Uh, eighth overall, Shane Corson. Got great power forward. Um, again, I, growing up, never, I was never a Corson guy, but again, he's grown on me. Thank you, Chris and Regina, for the, uh, Corson DVDs. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? This guy's pretty good. Um, Calgary took Gary Roberts, 12th overall. Another guy, great player, too. Uh, but tough guy. Uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, five consecutive 200 minute seasons in Calgary. Well, putting up like 22, 39, 53, yeah, well, I was that? 53 goals in 207 minutes, you know. But, uh, yeah, played a long time, 1,200 games. And, uh, yeah, real fitness, Bob. I know he runs a, yeah, I think he runs a performance center now. And, uh, yeah, I was always a huge fan of Gary Roberts. Um, the Rangers, Terry Karkner, again, one of those sandpaper defensemen, big guy, played a long time, 800 games, uh, with the Rangers, Philly, Quebec, Florida. Um, was really instrumental in that, uh, you know. Yeah, and just I always like Carkner, man. Toe to toe guy, tough dude. Yeah. Trevor sure. Steenberg, there's another guy. Um, uh, you know, kind of a you know tougher guy in the Halifax. Uh, you know, American Hockey League, 200 minutes. Um, you know, he played 71 NHL games, 161 minutes. So, but yeah, again, uh, tough dude coming out of the coming out of the minors. Um yeah and uh well and then and then uh 20th overall the Islanders took Duncan Mcpherson out of the Saskatoon Blades and um if anybody's ever heard of that story again he was a big tough defenseman solid player um you know final year point of game defense guy 147 minutes um played in Springfield had 200 minutes the one year um and unfortunately he was snowboarding um in the Swiss Alps and went missing. And they, it, it was, I want to say a decade before they found his body. And, uh, yeah. And his and his parents, I remember lots of, um, stories about it here in Saskatoon, of course, being a, a local kid with the blades and, and being from Saskatoon, um, you know, his parents on the, it was just heartbreaking, you know, seeing him on TV and, um, you know, cause at the time it's like, what happened to him? His car was there and he was gone, vanished for like a decade. And or is it 20 years? I can't remember now, but uh, there was a book about it too. Um, but yeah, you'd see his parents. You just feel so bad. But they uh, yeah, they for you know, unfortunately, he was found dead, but if, at least they found him, right? So you can at least you have that you can end the story and that you know, you can you find you know, and the you can kind of close that chapter, but um, yeah, you'd see his parents on TV, and it was you know, it's just heartbreaking, uh, but yeah. I, I didn't realize he was a first rounder. I knew he was. I knew he went pretty high, but I didn't know it was the first round. But yeah, Duncan McPherson, 1985. Of course, Wendell Clark, first overall with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, I, I don't need to explain Wendell Clark to you. Um, Dave Manson to Chicago, 11th overall. Yeah, played for the uh, Memorial Cup champion uh, Prince Albert Raider, Raiders. Uh, yeah, just a tough dude. Not as tough as some people like to think but uh, out there on the social media world but uh, no I was always like manson played forever thousand games um yeah I had a hell of a career and uh, yeah manson tough dude uh, 86 um I know a lot of people had talked about how tough uh, everett Santa pass was um, he was a Quebec guy so I never saw a lot of him I've seen some of his minor league fights but he played, um, you know, off and on with the Blackhawks and a couple games with the Nordiques. Um, he had a lot of injuries. Um, but, yeah, tough guy. Um, yeah, big dude. Everett Santa pass 1980. I'm probably just boring the shit out of everybody. But, I don't know, I just, I, I always kind of find this stuff interesting to kind of go back and look at the past stuff and, yeah of course 87 draft you have Shanahan second overall one of the best power forwards of all time 1500 games 1300 points 2400 minutes like I mean what more do you needs to be said right Toronto took Luke Richardson yeah big Luke uh you know took a little while maybe to get going there in Toronto he never really found his groove maybe but and then went to Edmonton and Philly and kind of bounced around but uh yeah I always liked Richardson big hitter um, you know, played a top 1400 games. I mean, he started right in the league at 18. And, um, yeah, actually, fighting wise, he got a lot better as he got older and did it more. Um, yeah, he was in some great tilts though later in his career, especially in Philly. He had some really good ones in Philly. Um, Islanders, Dean Chanel. Um, yeah, tough guy. Medicine Hat won the Moral Cup with them. But yeah, had 200 minutes every year. Again, big defenseman. Uh, played in the islander system off and on a couple of years the Bruins um yeah 200 NHL games did some fighting you guys know who i'm talking about um Brian Marchmont to Winnipeg um, again long career 2300 minutes and 900 games um Marchment, i mean he would he fight he was actually not a bad fighter pretty good fighter but definitely known for being you know dirty stuck his knee out on a few guys and uh, a big hitter and, uh, yeah, you, you can tell there was always something going on when, when, when Marchment was around. Um, 88, who do we got? Uh, Claude Boyvine, eh, you know. You know, gritty guy. He was a grit guy. Oh, Francois LaRue, yeah, the, I remember the Oilers took him. I remember they, there was a lot of talk. I remember watching the local news. Um, there, there was a couple features on him, like, because the dude was, like, six Um You know, and they kind of, you know, he, and unfairly to him, I mean, they pegged him as sort of like, oh, he's going to be the you know, the next terror of the league and what have you, and uh, I mean, and he did some fighting, you know, later on, I know when he was at Pittsburgh, of course, he picked up the, the well, I mean, he fought a, he busted up Tony Twist, that was a big deal, and, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I never really, I don't know if he ever really found his groove in terms of a, a, an NHL enforcer, um, I don't know if he was ever completely at ease with that, but, yeah, you know, played 200 and some games, and, um, Ottawa, Edmonton, Ottawa, Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, old, old Francois. 1989. Matt Sundin first overall. Yeah, Toronto. There, Scott Thornton. I love Scott Thornton. He was great. Tough dude, power forward guy. Uh, again, 900 NHL games. Um, think he flies kind of under the radar a lot of people don't but you know i mean you know for a first round i guess if you want to didn't really live up to the first round billing but i mean just a tough guy would go you know skate his lane hit the guys fight if he had to uh, probably a good second third third line guy but uh had a couple big i know the one year yeah just scrolling here i was gonna say san jose at the one year also need 26 goals and uh you know you know probably got some got some much needed uh you know, for probably some first line time and, uh, but yeah, go back and, uh, go and look up some Scott Thornton tilts. Yeah. I mean, he, he buckled the young Eric Cairns. Um, well, I was mentioning Gerald Diddick earlier. Thornton and Diddick have a great tilt. Um, yeah. Check out Scott Thornton. You won't be disappointed on YouTube. Um, Doug Zmolik. There you go. Another guy. Um, I didn't realize he played 400 NHL games. Um, yeah, again, got got in with San Jose, um, you know, in the, as part of that expansion draft. Um, yeah, you know, he was he was always there. Was you know, I don't know if he was the greatest fighter, but uh, he was certainly willing. And uh, yeah, you know, hey, I, the league needs more guys like that. I wish there were more guys like friggin' Dougie's Moloch out there. Um, Rob Pearson, here's a guy again played in Toronto first. Pay, I mean. You know, he had the one good twenty-three goals that year in the nineties. That when the ninety-two, ninety-three, when the Leafs made their big run. Um, I know Toronto fans might get on it, whatever as a first-round pick, blah blah blah. But I don't know. I always liked him. He's a gritty dude. I mean, won the Memorial Cup, played on Lind- with Lindros. You know, that's probably obviously what you know might have. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, got enhanced by playing with Eric Lindros. Sorry, I was clicking in my my. Uh, Computer kind of just went wonky for a sec. But yeah, 41 games, 57 goals, 52 assists, 76 minutes and penalties, and then 33 points in 16 playoff games. So yeah, I mean, if you're Toronto and you're looking at those numbers, you're like, holy shit, we, we got a steal here. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, you put them in uh, St. Saint, Saint John's in your American League team, 27 games, guys got 29 points in 100 minutes. So you're like, oh, we hit the jackpot. We got the next power forward. So I guess you could see why Leaf fans would be a little. But you know, twenty-three goals, and then the next year, twelve, and you know, um, you know, and then he was at two hundred eleven minutes. So scrappy dude. I mean, I liked him, you know. And then, of course, he kind of flamed out, and you know, played a few years in the IHL, and then uh, you know, got on with things. But yeah, I was always, I was always down with Rob Pearson. He was cool. Um, well, and then Boston took the guys, Shane Stevenson, and I've had a few few guys on. Um, well, my last guest, Chris Waltz, talked about playing with Stevenson. Um, you know, I've had a few guys mention him, you know, just kind of a legendary dude and, you know, maybe coming out of the OHL had a lot of potential, but, um, you know, maybe felt, fell to the trappings of money and uh, fame as a youngster and, and never really panned out at the NHL level, but, you know, bounced around the minors and it was one of those, you know, just there for a good time, but when he wanted to turn it up, he could, he was a hell of a player and, but I've heard, uh, you know, a s- undercover tough guy, like sneaky, that could could really hang one on you if you weren't paying attention. But uh, yeah, so Shane Stevenson, I was uh, I was mentioning that uh, we follow each other on Facebook. I, wa- I wouldn't mind. I want to get him on the show maybe, and he could tell us some of these stories. But uh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, uh, 1990, we maybe we'll do this. We'll wrap this up. Of course, this was the famous. I remember the big. This is the year score hockey cards. Everybody was chasing Eric Lindros and, you know, during the big hockey card boom in the 1990s score. And, you know, you'd get all the first round pick cards and stuff. But, man, what a first round. Like, you, unbelievable the talent was in that draft. And, man, Owen Nolan first overall. Again, another guy. You know, 1,200 career games, 800 minutes, or 885 points, 1,700 minutes. Um, Yeah, sneaky, tough guy. Um, You know, they had Nedved, Primo, Ricci, Yager, Sador, Hatcher, uh, Stevenson, Brad May, you know, Keith Chuck, Martin Brodeur. Like, I mean, that, what a first round, man. But, uh, yeah, you kind of go down it. Um, you know, uh, Montreal, again, Turner Stevenson, big Western Hockey League kid out of Seattle, um, was a power forward in the Western Hockey League. I mean, point-of-game player, you know, 62 games, 61 points. 57 games, 63 points, but, yeah, 276, 222 minutes. in his final year in Seattle, 58 games, 20 goals, 300 minutes. Yeah, six three two twenty, and I mean, again, played a long time, won a couple cups with New Jersey, and uh, yeah, you know, had a, had a hell of a career, six hundred games. I mean, I, you know, I don't think he turned into like he wasn't super goon or anything, but you know, a couple solid fights, he was always in there. Um, of course, Brad May in Buffalo. Um, you know, I was I I love Brad May. I was a big massive Brad May fan. Again, first round. And you go back, you look at his numbers. I mean, Brad May. One year, 91 points The one year in junior, 223 minutes, then got hurt with his knee. But I know he had 34 games, 37 goals, 93 minutes of penalties. Uh, then he ended up with 25 points in 14 uh, playoff games in Niagara Falls. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I think, you know, obviously Buffalo thought, of, you know, power forward type. And in the first couple of years, you know, 11 goals, 13 goals, 18 goals, 15 goals. But with 300, 200 minutes of penalties, you know. So, I mean, he was fighting dudes. And him and Ray and Barnaby, like, just uh, Donnelly and Bugner. Like, Jesus, what a tough team, And Ted Nolan is the coach. And I loved the Sabres back then. But, uh, yeah, I always tell the story about, of course, Brad May playing for Team Cannon, the World Juniors, when it was here in Saskatoon. And, uh, yeah, I became, I was a Mayday fan after that. And, of course, the famous Mayday goal, right, in the playoffs against the Bruins. And, yeah, I was a massive Brad May fan.
1: Brad, if you...
0: Uh, damn it, and I want you on the show. I've talked to him about coming on the show, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'd like to get him on for sure. Um, well, there you go, 17th uh, Edmonton, Scott Allison. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, played in the minors and stuff, and uh, again, uh, big dude, um, you know, played in uh, PA and Moose Jaw, and, uh, you know, final year in Moose Jaw, 72 games, um, 37 goals, 238 minutes, you know, and then unfortunately, you know, played in the AHL, and just, you um, I think he was one of those guys. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking to about this. It was a guy who played with him, and I think it was just one of those. He's kind of a tweener, like you know, probably wasn't a good enough skater and stuff for the for a skilled guy. And I don't want to, say, and I don't say this to be mean, but kind of wasn't tough enough or didn't have that mindset of the enforcer. So it was like sort of you're in no man's land at that point, right? So um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't pan out for him. But uh, he sort of found a new lease on life over in Europe, and I know he played with uh, you know Sheffield for a long time, and in uh, Nottingham, and uh, you know, uh, and did really well over there. So uh, you know he found life in the UK. But yeah, long pro career, and uh, yeah, but solid junior player, and yeah, uh, Sean, and then right after that, Sean Antoski by Vancouver. Again, some people will snicker at a first-round pick, but you got to remember again, this is the early '90s. You got to put yourself in that mind. I always say you got to put yourself in that time period, mindset. In the early, everyone was looking for Probert. So um, you got these guys. And that's the thing Sean Antoski, you look at his final years in North Bay. Here's a guy at 6'4, 230, 59 games, 25 goals, 200 minutes and penalties. So right there. And then your first year in the minors, he's in the IHL with the Milwaukee Admirals, 62 games, scores 17 goals, 330 minutes. The next year, again with the Mohawk, fifty-two games, again seventeen goals, three hundred forty-six minutes. So you're thinking, if you're the Vancouver the Canucks brass, holy shit, we got Probert here. You know, I know, when, like in terms of fighting, like he wasn't knocking dudes up, but he was fighting everybody, and he's a tough dude. He's scoring seventeen goals in the IHL, so he's got a he's got a clue with what's going on. So you know, and then he gets with the Canucks, and you know, unfortunately, they didn't really play him much, and then he was in Philly and. You know injuries and what have you, and then um, yeah, just unfortunately didn't. You know, 183 NHL games, 600 minutes. So I mean, he'd fight and everything, but uh, yeah, it just didn't really, it just didn't work out, right? But uh, but I know you say some of these guys, and 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 people sort of snicker, and uh, it's like, no, these guys were legit in the in the NHL for sure, or in the Aaron Junior. So. At the time, like I said, everyone's a genius with hindsight, right? And you look back at this. Oh, why didn't they take Yager first? You know, well, yeah, you know, and you know, and, oh, like Brad May and Antosky and Scott Allison got taken in front of Keith the Chook and Martin Broder. You know, and the oh, what a bunch of idiots. You know, well, yeah, with thirty years hindsight, oh you know, yeah, you're twenty years hindsight. You can say that shit, but at the time, I mean, Keith the Chook's playing. You know, he's at Boston University and. You know he's middle of the road. You know, like 36 games, 40 points. Eh, you know, like whatever. Would you take like? You know, it's not like it, those are like earth shattering numbers. You know, and meanwhile, I'm telling you about Brad May getting 90 points and 300 minutes of penalties in the OHL. So it's like, yeah, okay. You know, you can see it, right? You could. But, of course, as history has proven, and then, of course, with Broder, um, pff, you know, I don't, we, I, again, I don't need to sell you on Martin Broder, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but like I said, every everything in hindsight and whatever, but, uh, oddly enough, in that draft, also in the just early, early second round, 25th overall, of course, the Philadelphia Flyers tick Chris Simon. And, uh, of course, he would be later famously traded for Eric Lindros, but, uh, yeah, again, Chris Simon, another guy, um, there were some off-ice issues here and there with him. But, you know, in the OHL when he was in Ottawa, 57 games, 36 goals, 146 minutes. Final year in the Sioux, you know, thirty one ga- 33 games, 20 goals, 160 minutes of penalties. So, it's like, you know, 13 points in 11 playoff games, 50 minutes. Dude, 6'4", 200 some pounds, looks like the Undertaker, knocking dudes out. So, yeah, I mean, you could... Uh, yeah, he was the real deal, and of course, again, had a hell of a career, and, um, you know, played 700 games, and, uh, 300 points, and 1,800 minutes, and, and, you know, and, and that's with bad shoulders, so, I mean, that, which really limited his fighting, so, um, there you go, guys, I, you know, I mean, I, that's pretty dry, I know, listening to that, so, I won't go on any further, but, uh, yeah, that's 10 years of the NHL entry, first round picks, and you can see who the tough guys were taking in those rounds, and, um, uh, you know, maybe next week or whatever, I'll go, you know, 1990 to 2000. And then, I mean, completely, completely honest, after the 2000s, I mean, eh, you know, wh- who are we? There wasn't much in terms of toughness going out, I don't think. Not like that, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was just something I, I was kind of, I was looking the other night, while well, when I was looking at my guest, I was looking up his draft thing and just talking about that. And then it was like, ah, you know what, with the entry draft coming up, um, let's go back. And I just started kind of, uh thinking about the draft picks and, and all that. And then, uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see who went in the which draft and where and that type of thing. So thank you for uh, for tuning in and listening to that. Uh, you know, I don't know. It might have been as exciting as a friggin' accounting seminar. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I Like I said, I find that kind of stuff interesting. You're going back and I even just like scrolling DB, just looking at old stats. Like you go back and look at like the 70s and 80s and like their junior stats, it literally is Xbox numbers. You know, guys who played 70 games putting up 85 goals and like 310 minutes of penalties and shit. It's just like unbelievable, you know. So it's like when you create yourself in the old Sega Genesis days. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I've yapped long enough, so I'll let you guys go. But uh, tune in this Wednesday. Like I said, myself and Steve are going to break down the uh, uh, the Bob Probert Invitational Bracket. And uh, I hope you guys all get out and vote for it next Saturday, July 17th. High noon, I say. Uh, I already know I'm going to be working that Saturday morning, so basically, as soon as I get home, I'll put it up online. The first round matchups to vote on. So I hope everybody checks it out. But uh, all right, guys, I'll shut up and get out of here. I hope you uh, uh, let's attack the week. I hope you have a good work week wherever you happen to be listening to this on your commute, on your in your desk, uh, in your cubicle on the in the on the train wherever, in your earphones. Left. Um, wherever it is, I always appreciate you guys. I know I rant and rave and yell, but at the end of the day, no, I really appreciate anybody that takes the time to listen to my show. Um, it's great. I, I love it. And the interactions. I, I yell a bitch and rant and rave about social media, but you know, the private messages I get or just the every, every day general back and forth, uh, conversations I have with you guys. It's always fun. And it makes, uh, it, it does make social media worth it to, uh, with the, with the people I interact with, uh, well, I have my positive interactions with and talk hockey with and old fights and that type of thing. It's been great. So, um, yeah. So if you're on social media, drop me a line and, uh, it's it's always fun to hear from you guys, but, uh, and thank you. Um, but yeah, there we go guys. Uh, another episode done and, uh, all right. I will, uh, let you guys go and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks everybody.